Hello and welcome to Movie Fixers, the podcast where we don't just critique movies, but ask, is it possible we can make them better? I'm your host, Tony, and with me as always is the one that was there when Luke met his father, the one who saw what happens at a real red wedding, and the one who said goodbye to all of those after the finger snap. <laughs> it's me, Matt. Man, I didn't know where you were going to go with this one. Hey, Tone. Um, welcome back for another episode. How's it going? It's going pretty good, Matt. Yeah, did you like that? I feel like that was uh, relevant to our current topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to not be discussing a specific movie, uh, but we're going to be doing one of our like discussion episodes, and we're going to talk about the... Uh, very polarizing topic of spoilers. Needless to say, this episode contains some spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be referencing some things, uh, both personal experience and otherwise. Uh, definitely, spoilers are a big thing, uh, have been for a little while, and that's why we're going to stop and do a topic episode on them. I think to start it off, though, we need to kind of come to an agreement for this podcast on what defines a spoiler. Yeah, so that's a good question, because I, I really I, I don't think there's a real and true 100 percent definitive answer for this. I think there's probably some I don't know. There, there Everybody has probably a slightly different definition of spoilers. I think what's what's important is spoilers are. Definitely like information that you should find out while watching a movie or TV show and not necessarily before. I mean, that's probably the simplest definition. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a lot of debate about this just in the world right now because some people consider knowing anything that happens in a film, however mundane or relevant to the plot, still a spoiler. They want to go in completely fresh. Uh, and then there's others that think just revealing critical information, like something very plot relevant or just like a really you know poignant point or fun point in a movie is uh, considered a spoiler. And I think for this podcast, let's lock it down to, well, here's what I think. And then you, 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 you mold, mold my definition here. Right I think on. it's going to be basically any sort of poignant or critical information revealed about a film like in a story so you know i just listed three you know luke i'm your father if you'd never seen empire that's kind of a big deal and uh, you know and that's that's yeah. a, that would be a spoiler for its its time we'll, we'll talk about uh uh what is the the term i'm trying to say here just about spoilers maybe aging out yeah no yeah we, we should definitely get to that um i just want to say that for myself like so obviously the word spoiler comes from to spoil right to spoil the enjoyment of a movie, to spoil the, the the initial experience of a movie, which is why for me, I don't know, spoilers are complicated because learning events that happen in a movie sometimes isn't as um, upsetting as learning, I don't know, just like overall feelings of a movie. Like, I think I've told you before, I don't, I don't even really want to know from my friends if they liked a movie before I watch it, because it can 
kind of influence my initial viewing and my my first like enjoyment of a movie. But I do think that for the sake of this conversation and probably just a more standard definition, I, I like that you said it's critical and poignant information because it may not be information that's necessarily critical to the story, like the overall story, but it could be spoiling uh, like a, a tender moment or or something like that. And I think that's also something important because it's like that's a very important part of of experiencing a movie or a television show mm-hmm. or a funny moment, you know, something that oh, true. If you didn't see coming would really make. You know, oh yeah. Spoiling a joke. That's a great, that's a really great point. Spoiling a joke. Cause it's not going to be quite, it, I mean, and we'll talk about this when we talk about trailers here in a minute, but I think that's something that trailers do oftentimes is in an effort to get you, get your butt in a seat in the theater They'll go ahead and spoil, quote unquote, a couple of the best jokes in the movie so that when you finally sit down and see the movie, you're like, oh, OK, well, I mean, that would have been hilarious had I not already seen it in the trailer. That is yes, that is one of the many ways. And we'll talk more about encountering spoilers. But let's go ahead and just be upfront with our audience and tell them, Matt, you were kind of touching on this already. How exactly do you feel about spoilers this day and age? Like how important are spoilers to you going into something? Right. Um, so, I mean, you've known me a long time, so you know that my feelings about spoilers have changed in the 15 years of our friendship. Um, I definitely used to be more hardcore about I don't want any spoilers whatsoever. Like, don't tell me anything that happens. I don't want to know that Spider-Man gets the new suit in the second act. Like, I don't want to know any of those things. Don't I, I want to experience all of it for the first time the way it was intended. And I, I would say, like, I still generally feel that way. Like, the, I, th- I still think that's the ideal way to enjoy anything, like, creative or artistic. But I've, I've I don't know, I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm just not as concerned about it if things get spoiled for me. I mean, if it's something that I really genuinely care about seeing completely spoiler free clean slate i will go out of my way to enjoy it like the night that it airs or you know opening weekend or whatever i have to do to 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 have that experience but just in general i don't know i don't it's not as big of a deal because i've definitely learned that the journey is more important that that getting there is more important i don't know does that answer your question i mean I, i feel like that's pretty that's that's pretty there. No, I, I think I think that makes perfect sense. You know, we, and I obviously you've known me for more than fifteen year friendship, or almost at twenty, buddy. And How when did I that started happen? out, how did we get here? <laughs> how long have we been in quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we're nineteen years because uh, I was seventeen, sixteen when I met you. Ugh, okay, well, let's not dwell on that part of the conversation. Okay, so anyways, how do you feel about spoilers? <laughs> Me? Well, I started out the same way. I uh, And obviously, we had an influence on each other. I Nothing, wanted to know nothing. And I also had a lot of time, and I also went and saw a lot of movies. So it was really easy to stay ahead of that. But nowadays, I... I rarely see films in the theater and I listen to a lot of other podcasts that like to talk about movies and whatnot. And I tend not to always watch the film that they talk about. In fact, sometimes I let them spoil the film for me to see if it was even worth my money and time to invest in. Uh, I am much less about not knowing what's going to happen and a lot more about a good execution of something because even you said it before trailers can give things away, but trailers 
inevitably give something away. So if when I find myself sitting and watching a film, I will always sort of in the back of my mind think, well, I, there were these th these scenes over here that I haven't seen yet, so I know it's eventually going to go that way. So I'm always sort of half out of the narrative already. Yeah, but even so that's me, misleading. Like, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll to get that. there. <laughs> but, but um. So really what I'm looking for is to enjoy the execution, uh, sort of like you said, the journey, do, do all the parts fall together. And once I started to learn that about myself, I could really start enjoying a lot more variety and things that maybe aren't the best ever, but are just a lot of fun because everybody involved tried really hard and yeah. you, you, you enjoy that more than you care. Like there are, there are movies and shows where I can see what's going to happen a mile away, even if someone didn't spoil it because it's very clearly written out. And because I've ingested so much movies and stories and TV and whatnot that you start to notice the patterns. Yeah. That I, think... I can go ahead. Yeah. I can, you know, no, it's just that I, I, I'm more just wanting to go on this journey. It's like, make this ride fun. It's like a roller coaster. Right. I know at the end I'm going to start where I left off. Just make it a fun ride and, you know, I'll suspend disbelief for you and have a good time. Yeah, I think another element of this that we haven't really touched on and we haven't even touched on, I think, in our, our, our pre-conversation to this podcast is I think as you and I have done more writing and kind of grown as film aficionados. I think we see through the ruse a little bit more too, like movies and TV shows that rely too heavily on the like wow factor of a big moment or a big spoiler end up becoming kind of thin. Like if, if the experience comes down to you not knowing that, that Bruce Willis was dead the whole movie, then was it really a good movie to begin with? I, I mean, I'm not picking on that movie specifically because I think Sixth Sense is in fact a very good movie, but I'm using that as an example of like, if, if the whole movie hinged on that one note, then I mean, can it really be that good of a movie? If, if everything hinged in infinity war on the snap, then was that really even a good movie to begin with? Like, I think we've, what we've seen is that if movies lean in too hard on these like spoiler moments, then they aren't, they weren't really that good of a movie to begin with. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and so with this in mind, let's uh, let's just talk about how we can run into spoilers. I don't think this is something a lot of our audience doesn't know, but we might just uh, reveal a couple interesting gems. Uh, what the most classic way I think, and you tell me if your experience is different, to have something spoiled is to be on social media or just anything the internet, because information is just flying constantly and instantly out that you're going to just come across it. Yeah, that's something that's definitely different today than it was, say, like in the mid 90s, you know, publications in the 90s, like uh, uh, Wizard Magazine, things like that, wouldn't couldn't really spoil a lot of things because it took time for those things to come out and get into your hands. And you weren't also just submerged in it like you are with social media. I mean, most people are kind of in some sort of social media throughout their day, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, or you know, whatever, Instagram, whatever it is. And you're right. Everything's so instantaneous and everyone's kind of so eager to be the first one to to post something because they want to get those likes. They want to get those page views. They want to get those advertiser hits that they're they don't really hold back. So I think especially in modern time, 
social media is by far the the biggest. I mean, I know back when I used to still watch things like The Walking Dead, you know, you couldn't you could not go on Tumblr or Twitter or, or Facebook or anything until you'd watch the episode because it only took one friend in your feed to spoil it. It only took one person to say, oh, my God, I can't believe they killed so and so or oh, my God, so and so is pregnant or you know what I mean? And it's not just <laughs> I mean, it's Walking Dead. Doctor Who was the same way. Like I couldn't I could not watch a new Doctor Who episode until or I, I couldn't go online until they ep I'd watched the episode because something would get spoiled. And I don't know, like I said, I still try and maintain that as best I can. I think it's interesting that everything you described, like the drive for social media to find, you know, talk about spoilers applies to actual professional media too. Like they're, they're sort of professional media is now competing with the individual. The line is blurring there. It's who gets the information first is really what establishes them as credible. Yeah. I mean, they, they exist in the same space, basically. I mean, whether it's mm -hmm. your friend Jennifer that posts, something or your local oh, news Jennifer. station or you know it doesn't really matter it still shows up in your feed it's all the same thing and mm -hmm. i mean their their drive their motive is slightly different you know one is yeah. just usually wanting some sort of camaraderie some sort of shared experience where the other one like i said is trying to get those those clicks trying to get those page views yeah and then the other one that now has sort of been assimilated by this same space is one that existed prior to all of these uh, outlets is just having big mouth friends who don't know how to how to not say what happens sure, or just Do big mouth people. I remember mm -hmm. as recently as the the this this last Star Wars film, I remember going with a group of friends. We had tickets for like the 1030 showing and we decided to eat at the pub that was next door to the movie theater. And we quickly realized that the table sitting next to us had just seen the movie and were very loudly talking about the movie. And we had to Ugh. politely say, like, excuse me, we haven't watched it yet. I understand that you guys really want to talk about this. I mean, the thing is, there's no rule. Like, it's not illegal to talk about who. No, you know, but it's, but it's, it's, it's etiquette. It's etiquette it's is what it is. Mm -hmm. And. You know, I get it. When I finish seeing a movie with a group of friends, especially one that I've been looking forward to, what I want to do is go to the pub and talk about it. So, like, I understand where they're coming from as well. But, you know, again, it's like you said, it's it's, it's just etiquette. If 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 the movie just came mm. out that day, it's reasonable to assume that there will be people around you that have not seen it. Just a quick aside. I have been in the I've been at the table where we're the loud ones in the restaurant, but yeah. I still I always, always, always find that really vexing. It's like, be aware of your volume. I mean, it's a pub. I know things get loud, but come on. You, no. OK, that's just my little quick rant there. All right. You, you said some interesting things about, um, you know, it being the night of or the week of or the weekend of. Uh, one last thing, we've already sort of touched on it, and then I want to talk about just the time, uh, uh, the lifespan of a spoiler, is we, we also recognize that trailers, uh, you said deliberately give information away. Do you want to just expand it on a little bit more about why they do that? Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is there's no way to make a trailer really or, or, or any sort of promotional material for a a movie or a TV show without spoiling something. I mean, the, the, the premise is to give you like a little taste, right? 
And I think mm-hmm. some of the most successful trailers do a great job of of giving you a taste of the tone and like the feel of a movie so that you you know kind of what you're getting into and just just enough of the story that you're like, okay, that intrigues me without just giving the whole shop away. And I think what we see nowadays is you get those first trailers. Like I always think of like the first Star Wars trailers for this last trilogy and how they mm-hmm. give you just a glimpse and you're like, oh my God, you know, Han is going to be in this one. And that's well, they call it teasers now is what they're calling the first one. A that's lot of true. Times. What used to be. So teasers used to be pretty much just text trailers. Like it would it would pop up some information when a movie comes out and usually show you just like a little tiny bit of a movie. And that's what a teaser used to be. Teasers today are basically what I think trailers used to be like the first like original trailer. they didn't show you so much i mean if you go further back to like hitchcock trailers those were like five minute short films like i don't understand that they used to like give the whole (laughs) movie away it was insane um but i'm talking like in the 80s 90s like trailers gave you a little bit and it was usually cut really quick and it was just enough that you like you didn't really know what was going on but you knew you were interested i think now especially big um like blockbuster tentpole summer releases Uh, You get like an initial trailer, you get a second trailer that's slightly different. Then you get like an international trailer that's almost the same thing, but there's like two scenes that are slightly different. And then usually like right before the movie comes out, like two weeks before or something like that, they release like a third trailer. And at this point, they're just giving the whole shop away. Or at least that's mm-hmm. how I felt. I remember like when the last Avengers movie came out and everyone was like, what are they going to do? How are they going to wrap this up? And that what do you last think the trailer... motivation is there? What do you mean? Well, I mean, these things are meant to... The motivation of a trailer is to get people to want to come see the movie, uh, ideally, right? What is? What do you think the studios are thinking when they start just showing... Like, right up to the point where the movie's about to come out, they just start showing everything. Because I, I know of people that, once the movie's about to come out, they just they go radio silent on watching trailers and actually just try to stay off the internet because, like you said, memes and things get posted from the trailers. I, obviously, I don't know the answer to this, but here's my here's my mildly educated opinion on it. I think, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, we live in an, an age of entertainment where you have so many options. I mean, I don't I really and truly don't believe a day goes by where I don't hear or see of an of a, of a TV show or something that I'd never heard of prior to that. And there's just there's so many avenues for TV and movies now. I mean, not only do you have all the networks that have been around for a while, and then the cable channels that have been around for a while, and then the pay cable, like the HBO, the Cinemax, the Stars, all that. But then you have Hulu, and you have Netflix, and you have all these services. And then you have like the lesser known services that, I I, I don't know, like there, there was one that I heard mentioned the other day called like Acorn TV. And there's just, there's all these little ones that I've just never, ever heard of. And I think... To answer your question, I think part of what they're doing is they're 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 <laughs> uh, forgive forgive me any listeners that that this might offend, but like they're showing a whole tit, you know, they're just like they're trying <laughs> to get you in that theater because they know you have a million options. 
And if you were dragging well, your feet on those first two trailers, then here's the whole here's a here's a full flash. The the coat's fully open. <laughs> this is what you're getting. And I think I think that's what's going on with those trailers. Well, and obviously it must work. And I think part of that is is as a culture we've conditioned ourselves. So the diehard fans who know they're gonna go see it check out after the teasers. There's no reason you you've got them. You're you're done. But it seems like for those still on the fence or those still unsure, they have to be given a bit more. So it, the get a more wider base audience, you could almost argue that you need to give away more of the show. Yeah. And that might be something we talk about later, but I think you're 100% right on that. Uh, that said, last kind of maybe technical thing, I guess none of this is technical, but etiquette thing is, what is the statute of limitations you think uh, exists on a spoiler? Or is there one? Because there's a lot of debate on this. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, to the best of my knowledge, and I only did a very short amount of research on this, but there, there's there's certainly no like universally agreed upon statute of limitations. And like I said, it's not illegal to spoil things. There's, you know, no police are going to pop up and arrest you because you let everyone know that Ray is <laughs> you a don't Skywalker, go to, right? Like that doesn't You happen. don't go to the... You don't go to spoiler You don't jail. go to... <laughs> no, I was going to say you don't go to the, uh, the special hell for child molesters <laughs> and those who talk in theaters. Um, well, that's just a amount of a personal... Uh, faith issue. I do think that's true, but uh, <laughs> good reference. So it's it's etiquette is what we're talking here. But all right then. So what do you think is the common etiquette, and what do you practice? So I remember, and again, this goes back to that window of time where I was actively watching The Walking Dead. I think that was a long time ago. I honestly don't remember how long ago I watched Walking Dead, but I remember discussion amongst like uh, friends of mine online and just fans in general, the idea was you give it a weekend. And so that means if the episode airs on a Tuesday night or if it airs on a Friday night, it doesn't matter. You give it till the following week before you start posting a bunch of things about the episode, a bunch of spoilery things, because, you know, a lot of people work a lot. And even if the episode airs on Tuesday, they either record it or they stream it or do whatever, and they watch it when they're off on the weekend. I, I mean, obviously, I think that's something that you, A, cannot enforce, and B, can't realistically expect everyone to do. I know another thing people have done, depending on uh, like where you're sharing these spoilers. So like, if you really want to talk about... Um, the the newest Steven Universe episode on the Steven Universe subreddit, there's a way to tag your post as a spoiler so that people going through their feed can see that there's a post, but until they click it and like open it all the way, it doesn't reveal any information. I know, um, excuse me, uh, Tumblr has a similar feature. I don't think Twitter and Facebook has a feature like that, but I mean, I think in general, that's a good idea to just kind of notate that you're going to talk about something very current, very contemporary, and you're going to be talking in, in terms of spoilers. Um, yeah. I think if you just cannot for the life of you not share it with the whole world, and I get that some people just can't do that for some reason, then I think that's at least your half measure right there is tagging it. What do you think? What do you what do you think? There, do you think there's a statute of limitations? Do you think 
there's anything more than etiquette to this? I I tend to now, now this is easy for me because I have deleted recently all of my social media, even my Facebook at this point. So if I'm going to get into this discussion, it's going to be like a private group chat at most and likely a one-on-one conversation. So I tend to then feel out, feel the room. It's much easier. It's much smaller. It's much more personal and go, well, you know, what do you want to know about this? Uh, When it comes to having something spoiled for me, if I feel like what's happening is is that the conversation is dropping, I, my younger brother, JT, likes to tell me about movies he watches, uh, most of which I mean, we have different tastes. I probably won't watch. And he's like, well, there's some stuff happens, but that's a spoiler. I tell him to go ahead and tell me because I'd rather enjoy the conversation with my brother mm-hmm. and not have to like tiptoe around something and hear what he enjoys than get the spoilers from something you know ha- that happened in Fast and the Furious. It's like, no, just tell me. I mean, right. one day I may watch those films, but you know what? I'm going to be more just watching them, appreciating how much he enjoys them. His hype for them and what happens gets me more interested than the mystery of what might happen in those movies. And I'm not trying to come down on those movies. I know they have a fandom. I just... I'm saying... I feel the room, I respect the level of spoiler, and I try my best to, you know, work with that. Because there's a lot of ways to say, without detail, there are moments where it's just, it's not what you think. Or, you know, they just have this impact on me that I didn't see coming. And maybe that's a spoiler to somebody, but, I mean, to me, that's just like saying it's good. And if you can just sort of not try, it's like like waiting for an M. Night Shyamalan twist. The more you're just waiting for it, the more you're just wasting, you know, you're not experiencing the rest of the movie. Yeah, I really like I think you made a really good point about sometimes it's just more important and more enjoyable to let someone spoil something for you. I think that's a really interesting observation. Sometimes, like you said, I don't necessarily care about spoilers in the Fast and Furious universe. I mean, I've seen most of those movies. I haven't seen all of them and they're fun. But, you know, my friends that love those movies, I'd absolutely prefer them to just tell me what they love about it. I love I love listening to people talk about things that they love. And sometimes if that's a movie or a TV show, you know, that that you just reminded me that sometimes, especially in this world where we have so much we can watch, right? There are mm-hmm. things that I know I have enough of an interest in to watch, but it's just really low on my list of priorities. And I, I, it's, it's there. I, I might watch it, but it might be a few years before I get to it. Am I going to wait that long to learn anything about it? Or am I going to let my, am I going to let my friend who's really excited about it? Tell me why they're excited about it. And maybe in the process, spoil a few things. I, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to err on the, the side of, of letting them spoil some things for me because right, it's, it- I'm I'm here for that. I'm excited about that. Yeah. One more example I just want to share with you because I think it's it's a little unique and a little special. Is you remember Ashley from when we worked at Blockbuster? Yeah, I remember Ashley. Ashley was a mega Twilight fan, and I mean, read all the books, seen all the movies. I don't even think all the movies were done yet. Oh no, and they were. They definitely she, weren't. I, re- I I remember what you're telling right now. <laughs> they weren't out yet. Yeah. <laughs> And we would work together in the mornings. Uh, you know, I was an assistant manager and she was at the register and there just wasn't a lot to do. And she would just geek out about these movies. And she was just a sweet person, kind of shy, not a lot of friends. And I'm not coming down on her. I mean, I was that too. So, like, I could relate. Mm-hmm. And what was so great was I 
hated these movies. I ha- I hated this story. But man, if I couldn't ever just root for them was when when I could root for them was when she would just talk it up and get so excited. And I would not say and I used to be really super critical and super mean about it back in the day but i couldn't. <laughs> you didn't edit yourself a lot at that time <laughs> yeah and so but with her i did because it was just such a genuine love for it they they to me they may be absolute crap but it doesn't matter because she loved them and she loved talking about them and i know so much about the lore and what happened and i've retained a lot of it mm-hmm. You know, just because her excitement, like all I could do is smile and go, okay. Like she had one of the books. I read the first chapter of the first book and I won't like at work because it was that slow. And I won't lie. It was grueling. Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? I'm, but I'm not laughing at her. I'm laughing at the story and I'm loving, I'm loving that memory. I I haven't seen her in years. And if I ever met her, I would, I hope she's doing well again or still, but man, I just, I love, I love that, that memory because I love that memory. I mean, what's inherently happening is she's allowing you to view something she loves like through her lens and mm-hmm. through her lens, you get to like weirdly enjoy Twilight because you're getting to enjoy it like from her perspective and kind of understand, you know, where she's coming from. And I think that's that's really sweet. Also, I miss her. Mm-hmm. I, there's no chance she listens to this podcast, but if she does, she should definitely <laughs> say hi. She was she was sweet. Yeah, I don't want to like out her and like give her last name and info and all that, but maybe you could find her on social media if that's still if you we'll, still have we'll see. Let's put left. a pin in that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we've talked a lot about spoilers, but let I I want to deep dive a little bit and and really try and figure out what the fan obsession is with just spoilers in general, like. There's, you know, a fandom that needs to avoid spoilers and gets viscerally angry when they experience them. And then there's the reverse side, which is a fandom that seeks out all the information, like goes beyond the teasers and the trailers. They analyze them and break them down. They, you know, people that can come across accidentally leaked scripts, uh, you know, try to post them as quickly and possible as possible and want to get that. And people flock to that information. And then, you know, there's Tom Holland who basically is going to give away every, you know, major point in a Marvel movie that he's in from now till the end of time. So, but, but what is this? There's, there's such a dichotomy between the obsession with it, but the obsession is still there. And what is that? You know, why, why as fans are we so just engrossed in it? So I think it's important to point out that pretty much everything we're talking about, like 95% of what we're talking about, is intrinsically related to the internet. You know, you don't get a lot of this necessarily in the real world. You know, you don't get a lot of people leaning over your cubicle obsessed with telling you everything that they've read about the upcoming episode of whatever. Like, this is a very internet forward (laughs) thing. And I think it's because there are a lot of people who only feel their voices heard online, which is ironic because it's, you know, the Internet is a giant crowded room of people yelling, trying to yell louder than the next person. But I think Mm -hmm. that's part of why it's important for I, I think there's different different things at play here. I think some of it is, you know, the whole like fake fans thing right the idea that oh you don't you don't know every you don't know 
the entire Donald Duck family tree, you're not a real DuckTales fan, right? <laughs> I've definitely gone down that rabbit hole recently. But I, I just your references example, are great tonight. You know, if you don't the idea that you're not a real fan unless you know every single thing about the thing that you're a fan of. And I think th the people that feel that way are the ones that want to read every single thing, every single possible spoiler. They want to know everything so that they can feel like the biggest fan of something. But and doesn't I, that ruin the think, experience? Isn't the experience part of being a fan? See that I would have, I was thinking the opposite, but that's interesting. But that's what I'm saying is you've got different types of people. Okay. And I think a lot of things too is people that are like on message boards or on subreddits or things like that, they want to try and predict. Like, I have to kind of stay away from the Westworld subreddit because, man, the people on the Westworld subreddit, they dissect scene by scene. They like every single thing that's in the background. Oh, that's this and this is related to this and that. And the thing is, they're right like half of the time. So if I want things to be not spoiled, I have to stay away from these people that are hyper analyzing these shows and movies. I mean, you see it even in the Avengers films when but when we were waiting for that last Avengers film to come out uh, Endgame, the amount of people just breaking everything down from those other 13 movies to try and figure out what was going to happen. And the crazy thing is they were like, pretty much spot on it when it came down to it right well so what you're talking about is it can be a spoiler but it's it's really more of a fan theory and i think fan theories uh really kind of play in with spoilers in the spoiler obsession culture uh, a lot of for the reasons you said they want to know they want to know every little thing but not only do they want to know they want to they want to predict, they want to get, they want to know it so well that they can predict it. And what I think that gives is a sense of engagement and where a movie is typically your viewer, you're passive. When you reach a certain level of fandom, you have to engage more. And so then you get your fan theories. And then I think that what's, that is what drives people looking for the spoilers when they, when they come out and trying to dissect them and then create their own, uh, version of it and the engagement has become so strong in certain things like when uh last jedi the star wars came out we could see the influence of the story being affected by all of the fan theories trying to predict what was going to happen and you could see what was obviously some choices really just trying to subvert fan theory so that they could seem original or try to play into it so they could placate what the audience wanted and it ended up ultimately hurting the film uh it wasn't the only reason but it was it was one of them yeah but fans really can have an impact if they try hard enough and i think it's more important to some fans to just be engaged in this property so hard they're so invested in it i would almost argue and i don't want to get too far into it that it's unhealthy it definitely is for some but yeah. it can reach an unhealthy point if they're not checking themselves because this isn't a property they own this isn't theirs they're attaching to it which is fine you know i do it too but just be careful there you know how much you're investing and how you it's okay to get excited but but how much you realize that it's still is at the end of the day, as much as you engage, it's not yours. It's for everyone. And yeah. that's, I think that's when we can get some toxicity among fans too. I agree. I think we're touching on something that could be an entire additional episode of this podcast, which is fandom and the pros and cons of fandom and how it's expressed. Uh, but something I just wanted, before we kind of move forward, I want to say something that, 
relating to fandoms are are what I call drought conditions. Um, the example I always think of is Steven Universe. Steven Universe, excellent show for our listeners. If you haven't seen it, it's a it's a Cartoon Network series, and it just recently wrapped up. Um, it's it's I beautiful. Watched the finale like, yet? But it's 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 a gorgeous show. It's I recommend it too. Yeah, I I, I don't want to even get too much into it. It's just it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful, amazing, magical show. Uh, but anyways, Steven Universe had this <laughs> sort. It was sort of infamous for. Uh, as an animated series, you know, animation takes time, right? I mean, everything takes mm-hmm. time, but animation takes time, especially when you're kind of a smaller uh, show like this. And they were sort of infamous for they re- they'd release like six episodes and then four months later, you'd get like eight episodes and then eight months later, you'd get like two episodes. And it was just like <laughs> they were kind of doling out little bits here and there, just enough to keep the fan base rabid. But with these huge like drought periods in between with no new content and, you know, things would leak like that was a big deal with Steven Universe is that at at one point I remember there was like, God, like six episodes that leaked or something ahead of time. And um, the studio had to just kind of like release the episodes quickly in order to get ahead of their own leak. And again, it's just hear about that. Yeah, it was like two seasons ago. I can't remember. But <laughs> the thing was, uh, again, it's just it's driven by this like rabid fandom where in these off times, they want to still stay as close to this thing that they love as possible. And sometimes that manifests in aggressively looking for spoilers and, you know, trying to like like I think you've mentioned before the 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 person that it was able to find the avengers script oh no it wasn't the avengers script it was the hateful eight script right that was in the printer like cash is that's happened to a few people i've got a couple yeah like uh, basically an Mm -hmm. actor like samuel l jackson will go will print a you know a script at their hotel or wherever and mm-hmm. what they don't realize and what I'm they're probably realizing now is that it, it sits in the memory of that printer and then people can then reprint it. I mean, yeah, go back to etiquette. You you can easily say like, well, you know, you should clear that cash and not do it. But people want more. They always want more. They always want more. And if they have the opportunity, they're going to take it. And I think that's part of that's that that's what drives spoilers is they want more. Yeah. Uh, and on the the reverse side of that, we never really covered it, but I don't think we need to much. Is the the obsession with avoid avoiding spoilers? I think it's just a simple uh, what you described. You want to go into the experience fresh. You want everything to come at you new, and and that can be really important in some films, especially like your mysteries and some of your horrors, where you know it may be a good execution, but the reveal is a big part of it. And that first time experience of that movie. And it's it's twist or it's reveal is going to kind of stick with you more than the watching it again and again and again. And so people really want to just have that experience of seeing something for the first time and then treasure that. And that's the reason to avoid. Maybe there's like kind of almost an over obsession to avoid everything Uh, or never can get there. But that's that's the fan base. That's that's the audience. There's still the content creators. We'll, we'll call them the studios. The you know, I mean, there's you can call them studios. You can call them 
directors distributors, or whatever, put, whatever. distributors yeah creators. the whole thing is yeah the studios have an agenda and have an opin- opinion well i mean that, that sounds really conspiracy mm-hmm. yes they have an agenda but they, they have an opinion on spoilers and i think it goes both ways and there's a a really simple determination on whether they are for the spoiler or against the spoiler and that's how much control do they have over the spoiler getting released? Yeah, I think I think it's naive to say studios hate spoilers because it's definitely not true. Mm-hmm. Studios just want spoilers on their own terms. So they, they can control the information and the reaction. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even talking down to them. I'm not, of course they do. They're a corporation. They should want that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, it's just something we should be aware of. So, Matt, you know, speaking of how conscientious studios are of spoilers, I actually have a personal story that just kind of shows in depth uh, how strict they can be. And I think you know what that story is. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but I, I know 100% what story we're talking about. I, yeah. I can't believe we're going to talk about this. Well, I think this is a good point, and and it's been long enough that I don't think anybody's going to get in any trouble. Uh, Listeners, when I first moved out here to New Mexico uh, to start a new job, uh, the job wasn't ready yet, so I ended up working for the parent company of the company I started at, and they were an environmental consulting agency. And this environmental consulting agency, you think, what does that have to do with movies? Well, and actually, they uh, can be involved in movies, and in that way... And so what they can do is, is they can uh, go out to a movie site that's maybe doing special effects, like with explosions or fire, uh, which involves certain kinds of chemicals, uh, different chemicals than you would normally use to make like a full on explosion or fire. It's, it's all really neat stuff, but they need to make sure that these chemicals aren't affecting people harmfully on set. It's sort of a newer thing. Some people uh, that saw us there, I was with the actual like scientist, the chemist who had all the measuring equipment that I was lugging around and writing all the results down on little clipboards for him to log away, uh, saw us. We were seen and they were like, who are these guys? We don't normally see these guys around. And they started to worry if, if there may be some issues. And it was like, no, actually everything was above board for this movie. It was on, it might be one, uh, people have heard of it was the original avengers movie uh they were shooting the guy in the top hat where he threw the top hat and it sliced the sean connery yes that was the avengers movie (laughs) i was talking about no no this was marvel's avengers yeah i did did hear a little bit about that one i told you because our favorite director or my favorite director joss whedon was uh directing this kind of making his big break and Uh, The scene was one of the street scenes in New York where Captain America runs around and blows a bunch of stuff or beats up a bunch of guys and uh, Jeremy Renner and Scarlett Johansson are hiding behind a cab and there's like a bus they got to get people out of. Like all of that was built in a warehouse in New Mexico and it was pretty cool. And I just happened to share this information with my best is good buddy. Yeah, you started texting me really cool and interesting things. And I said something to the tune of, this is the exact sort of thing people on Twitter would eat up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Twitter, you want me to use Twitter? <laughs> I, yeah. This was nine over nine years ago now. I was very ignorant to what Twitter was. Just imagine Twitter nine years ago. I mean, almost a decade ago. 
And so I made an account and, you know, Matt follows me and one other person, another movie fixer regular, Jessa Ducci, follows me because uh, I talk with them about this stuff. And I'm sending things like, oh, there's this really cool shot. The, the, the effects on this look really great. Oh, the bad guys are carrying some sort of weapon that, you know, look like this this weapon over in this other sci fi. And I think yeah, that was probably you, that was the one I think that tipped him off because you said that it the aliens were using what looked like Jaffa sticks, which were, mm-hmm. like you said, artif- or, uh, I don't even think I said Stargate. aliens because all of the people they were fighting were people in those polka dot suits. They were all in the mocap suits, all the oh, stuntmen. Right. And they just had the, the, the practical weapon for effects. Uh, I, I saw a lot of cool stuff on how this, this all worked and talked to a lot of neat people. I even got to talk to uh, Scarlett Johansson for like five seconds at one point when she came over and asked what we were doing. And she was just super cool. And it's all going great until the second day, the end of that, they, the studio people come and like find me and pull me into a trailer. And this trailer is like, you know, like a big metal, you know, tin can. And once I get inside, there's just a, a thin desk and along it are just people, person after person with a laptop. It's probably like 10 or 12 people crammed into this trailer with laptops and their entire job on set is to Google this movie on the internet and they'd been searching for things. And basically it took them less than 24 hours to show me Matt's Twitter page because Matt had done this thing called retweeting. I'm sure you've heard of it (laughs) and (laughs) had retweeted some things I said. And before I knew it, I had over 2000 Twitter followers from two. (laughs) <laughs> and she's, she's popular <laughs> <laughs> and you know there was like a chit like they hadn't quite connected him to me yet but they were like inches away and i owned up to it i was like oh no like i mean I, at first i just kind of felt stupid like wait just anybody can see this and yes yes i know how dumb that sounds now 10 years almost later but <laughs> at the time i was i was learning firsthand and in front of marvel studios uh and yeah i was escorted off set uh, they actually drove me back to my home office where my car was parked and yeah, unfortunately that was that was in for me uh on my stint there there were talks before that of me getting to you know, follow because the guy, the professional, I mean, he was just writing down numbers. He was bored of all this. He could care less about Marvel stuff. Uh, he wanted to go back and do real work. And he was kind of training me up to maybe just take over because they were going to go to Philly next and then Cleveland to film. They, they filmed New York everywhere. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that didn't happen. Luckily, uh, I, you know, my boss was really great. He, he thought the whole thing was hysterical. You know, he kind of stood up for me. Uh, yeah, the studio didn't really try to push it that much, uh, mostly because uh, the story we talked about before, Samuel L. Jackson was in Canada in a hotel and printed out his the script, and it got left in the cache, and in less than a week, the whole script was available, or at least part of his p- p- portion of the script was available uh, online, and they had to worry about fighting that fire. So luckily, nothing terrible happened, but I was dreadfully mortified and a little freaked out to find like some of the things I tweeted being like repeated on these tacky wannabe like news sites about comic book stuff. These were like, they were terrible. There was one you found Matt that I thought was just really 
just really terrible. I don't even want to list them in case they're still going. They they don't get the plug. That was horrible. Yeah, no. I, I so for what it's worth, I I've mm-hmm. been trying for the last ten minutes to locate the original article that referenced your tweets, and for what it's worth, cannot find it for the life of me. Um, so I think the the internet has swallowed it up and it's it's gone probably. But Good. yeah, um, <laughs> that's a really great and awful story. I mean, it's great now because again, it's nine years later. I remember at the time it was it more sort of felt like the world was falling apart. Well, uh, I just and- moved out here. Everything was uncertain. I I mean, in, in the first weeks of working in a new place in a new city, I basically painted a giant target on my head for being a complete dunce well and not to mention i think you i remember at the time saying you felt you you felt really extra bad because you felt like you were letting down your uncle um who was you know involved in the company and you also felt like you were letting down like joss whedon you know yeah yeah i I didn't want him to think you know oh he's on set and people are trying to like i was it was all good things but all of this is to say the studios are very aware of spoilers they're very aware of these leaks and Mm -hmm. they despite the tom hollands of the world they do and the me's they do the their best to really control spoilers and that information and that's just something to to consider in this world where we're either trying to avoid it nonstop or zero in on it as fast as possible that there there is a puppet master in all of this and they are very that was nine years ago i promise you they've refined they've got five of those trailers or or some other well more refined system now to figure these things out i bet you you could not you couldn't tweet the thing in less than 30 minutes have someone uh bringing you to the the higher ups oh for sure and i I think it's just worth mentioning again that it's not that they don't think spoilers could or should happen they just want to do them on their own time spoilers are advertising inherently Mm -hmm. they have control of the message that is their goal which you know makes sense i'm not talking down to studios but i was a it was an interesting story. I've really only recently gotten comfortable telling it because it was hella. It is really embarrassing, but you know, it was it was it it led to a lot of things in my life that got to me to where I am now. Because had I, uh, I always joke, uh, had I actually gone and traveled with the the crew and actually went to different cities, I may not have met. I definitely would have met Chrissy, who we had on last podcast, who's my wife. When I did, I might have met. I well, could have married her, her since we recorded the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it just, it may not have happened. And so that's, so say la vie, it was good, but it, it was very eye opening that, that all of this is under, under control of, of big studios and their, their giant eyes. So that's how they feel about it. Absolutely. But, when it's all said and done, Matt, I mean, we've talked a lot on uh, spoilers and how everybody you know can or does feel about them. How much do you think they really matter? I mean, just I, we can say in general, you know, but but just overall, how important are spoilers? Do you think there's they're important really to viewing something today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we really already kind of touched on this in the beginning, but you're right after we've talked about everything i don't think my opinion has changed much i think they matter less and less uh and i don't know maybe that's just a personal a personal perspective on the issue but i think they matter less and less um and i think what's important is they're all subjective you know something that i think i've told you before is that 
so a show I watch, RuPaul's Drag Race, it's a competition show with drag queens that, you know, they get eliminated every week and they, they're trying to pick the best drag queen in it's a good the, show. the world, right? And I think I've told you before, I think it's interesting that I don't really feel like who wins every week. So like who wins the competition for that week, that episode is as big of a spoiler as who goes home. I mean, at the end of the day, they're equally spoilers. You know, it's it's a piece yes. of information that's pivotal to the story, you know, quote unquote, of the show. But if someone tells me before I've watched the newest episode that so and so won, I'm like, oh, OK, well, that's interesting. But I'm like, mm-hmm. don't tell me who goes home, because like, that's the real drama. That's the real intrigue of the show. Well, is it's the one that eliminated. has the most due to the format of the show, it has the most effect on the show moving forward. Someone who wins, well, they're on the show just like all the people who didn't win, but the one who gets sent home, that's yeah. that's the alteration of the show from the ne- to the next episode. So that's that is the bigger piece to know. And and the show's aware of that. But, but I, I, I mean, th- to that same point, even if you tell me so and so goes home like I obviously still want to watch the episode. I want I I if if only more so sometimes because I'm like how the hell did they go home? Like what happened in this episode that led to them getting eliminated? So uh, they're they're important but they're just not also important. They're they're impor- they're as important as you make them. And I think we we can really refer to like we we've given some good references of like Hitchcock trailers that are five minutes long or the just before the release of a movie trailer that just gives you everything. But this has been something giving the the story away before it starts has been something that is that is ancient and buried in story keeping. I mean, if you can go back as far as Shakespeare and there's a chorus before every play that tells you what's about to happen. Romeo and Juliet is totally spoiled by the chorus. That would be hysterical to do a remake of that and have the chorus come in and say everything and then have someone scream, spoilers! <laughs> right? I don't know why, but this conversation just reminded me of the first time I saw Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. I was just floored when Satine dies. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then when I saw it a second time, I'm like, oh, they straight up say it at the beginning yeah. of the movie. <laughs> so- I just wasn't paying attention. Ultimately, I think for the enjoyment of a film, they do not matter. Where I, I think they matter the most are people seeking a unique experience and people seeking to engage, like we said. And if you're either of those people, and fellow MFers, I don't need to tell you this, but let's just say that to everybody else. Say for everybody else out there, be cool. Don't don't be an ass about things. Don't don't ruin someone Actually, else's time by not respecting their their spoilers and and don't harp on somebody if they accidentally slip up not realizing how important it was. I'll just I think this is a good time to quote one of our favorite fellow nerds on the internet. Will Wheaton has has said it succinctly and perfectly. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yes. That's really what this all comes down to. I mean that that's a that's a rule to live by in life. Mm-hmm. And especially in your fandom, which we love to do here. Well, Tone, uh, before we give some quick recommendations and, and wrap this episode up, we haven't really talked a lot about like personal experiences with spoilers. Um, I, obviously, you don't care as much about spoilers, but are there any moments that you can think of that someone spoiled something for you or you've spoiled something for someone else? 
I know with you, I tend to spoil things, especially when we're talking in text. You, uh, you've you been binge watching a lot of shows that I watched back when, so I get the timelines backwards of maybe when something happens and doesn't, and I can, I know you were watching Buffy recently, and I screwed the pooch on, on a few seasons of, of good events there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I spoiled some things for myself with Buffy, because I mean, it's a show that aired, God, 20 years ago? How long ago was Buffy? It was a while ago. And it was when I was 16, I, so yeah, I had, 20 years sounds I had sounds never about watched right. all of Buffy, so I took it upon myself recently to watch all of Buffy. And, you know, you know me, I'm apt to to open IMDb and look up, like, what and who an actor is or things like that. And the problem is IMDb was created after Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so everything on IMDb is written from the perspective of people that have watched everything. So big things like Tara getting killed got spoiled for me early on because someone would would mention like oh this this character's in this scene and you don't see this character again until tara dies in season whatever and i'm like tara dies (laughs) (laughs) oops yeah so i mean that's just i mean we didn't talk about that but part of it is is that just that time window Mm -hmm. at a certain point if you're watching game of thrones for the first time since it first aired it's not unreasonable that someone says like, oh man, did you get to the red wedding where everyone dies? And you're like the, what the who now? Like, that's just going to happen. It's like, you get to talk about Darth Vader being Luke's father because that happened a very long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away in a galaxy far, far away. Um, cool. Oh, personal. I, the only one that I can think of is years ago, I was watching Dr. Who And my husband had seen more than I had. I was getting caught up and he had seen a few seasons before me. And he just casually mentioned a character who turned out to actually be another character as well. Like two characters that you've met on the show, but you didn't realize they were the same character at different points in their timeline. And he's like, oh, well, you know, obviously he's the face of Bo. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's interesting, I guess. Okay, whatever. And then I finally get to like the season finale big reveal that this person is this other person and it's it's just mind bending and it's such a good reveal and i just remember thinking man if someone hadn't if he hadn't spoiled that for me if he hadn't let me know i that would have just been such a good blow me away moment but instead i was like oh yeah i already i already knew that and that's why i still make that first initial effort to have a clean viewing of things. Mm-hmm. But I also just don't care as much as I used to. Oh, no. Well, that's good. And and I, I do recall your husband being very good at spoiling things <laughs> for lots of Oh, people. yeah. He would say things all the time that would be like, well, that's not really a spoiler. I'm like, it absolutely is a spoiler. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Air on the side of caution, fellow MFers. Let's, let's just be careful. Absolutely. All right, Tone, let's uh, let's wrap this sucker up. You got any recommendations for our listeners this week? I have two. One very specific and for a very specific listener. Uh, if, if he still listens, I want Ben to know that I finally caught up watching Black Clover and it's great and I'm really happy and we should talk about it sometime. But Black Clover is an anime, kind of one of those shonen fighty animes, uh, people reaching deep down digging deep and surpassing their limits and beating the bad guys back and then being silly it's it's all good it's all characters and just fun and great animation great art so i'm i'm really happy with that 
And the second one I'm going to actually recommend because <laughs> I've been binging it all week is this goofy um, Hulu sponsored TV show called Future Man. It's three seasons long. I'm just into the third season. And at first it was terrible. I don't actually recommend picking this up. It's terrible. It's sort of a, all the time travel tropes you could want. It's a Terminator uh Back to the Future. It's got a little bit of Last Starfighter, and there's a reference uh, deep cut for you. If you don't know what Last Starfighter is, go watch that instead. But they have a lot of deep cuts, a lot of kind of parody of these time travel tropes and movies, and they're really proud of it. They really like to just spell out their their references at first, but ultimately as the show moves on, it starts to appreciate its own lore. It starts to appreciate the characters it makes. It's still silly. It's still fun at times. But it's got this sort of like established canon of its own that becomes really interesting when you go from maybe season one's a little bit more time travel-y to season two, which is sort of a more of a post-apocalyptic season. You know, Mad Max and, and a few other references there. And then season three looks to be a bit more of a, like a running man scenario. I don't know. I'm just I've just started it. But it it's crass it's crude but I, it kind of like makes for the humor it really pushes uh the humor a little bit further and then they 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 learn to time their comedy better i was really upset matt i was texting you about it first like this show is terrible and i keep watching it but i was getting frustrated they'd have these really good like moments where you could start to feel for the character but the comedy would get in the way and somewhere in the making of this show they learned their pacing they learned they learned everything about what they were doing, and they really fine-tuned it. So I'm like, just to see that growth uh, in a very short period of time, it's not a long show, is um, it's really cool and a really great thing to binge while you're just sitting around all day. Hmm. What about you? What have you been watching? Um, first of all, my, my, uh, my middle brother has recommended this show to me, so maybe I'll put it on my list. We'll see. Um, I'm going to also do two because it just seems fair one is 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 you you're gonna see this one coming uh i've been re-watching community for probably my fourth time i think yes. it's on netflix it just got added to netflix and i don't know what compelled me to do it but i was like i'll watch community through again and god this show is just it's so good i i don't even know what to say about this show anymore it's just so clever and so smart and the characters are all interesting and different and dynamic and it's such a good binge watch if you are you, you are at home in quarantine right now which you absolutely should be unless you got somewhere else better to be uh this is one to watch if you haven't watched it it's on netflix all the seasons are on netflix it does suffer in quality in later seasons a little bit but like a lot of other shows even those weak seasons have some great moments so the whole thing is worth watching for sure um Agreed. My other recommendation is is weirdly related to uh, community. So uh, full disclosure, I work for a show on Quibi, but this is not the show that I work for. This is a show called Dummy. It stars Anna Kendrick, and it is written by Cody Heller, who is Dan Harmon's girlfriend. Oh, and cool. one of the characters in the show Dan is Harmon named- is the creator of community, by the way. Just yeah, for thanks for know. tying that together. Uh, but one of the main characters in the show is named Dan Harmon and looks like <laughs> Dan Harmon. It's not Dan Harmon, but it. But she just straight up named one of the main characters after her boyfriend, Dan Harmon. I'm and watching this now. It's hilarious. It's very. I will. Uh, speaking of irreverent, 
it, it's a weird one. Uh, if you are uncomfortable with like sexual things, this is probably not your cup of tea, but it, uh, I've watched the first two episodes of the show dummy on Quibi and it has made me laugh out loud, which I don't do all the time when I'm by myself. And I'm just, I, I, I couldn't get over that one of the characters was named Dan Harmon. I'm like, that can't be a mistake. So I looked it up on IMDb and I'm like, okay, it's starting to come together. She's straight up making fun <laughs> of her boyfriend by writing a character named after him. It's, She's, it's super good. She, I heard, I saw her on, on his podcast once and she killed, like he, he's very opinionated and she takes that in stride and gives it back just as, uh, just as strong. So I, I'm glad she's, uh, writing something now and i love it anna kendrick uh like you said matt full disclosure matt works for a show uh that is part of the quibi network but do you want to go ahead and tell our audience what quibi is i hear other podcasts talking about it so we should uh sure so quibi is a new streaming service i know you all were asking me for another qu- streaming service uh but quibi's <laughs> a little bit different than other ones it's not long form it's short form all the content on quibi is 10 minutes or less and uh, it's it's certainly working, I think, really well with some shows and maybe not as well with other shows. Um, the non-scripted, like kind of news shows, I think, work really well, which, again, I work for one of those and I think it's doing well. Um, and I think the comedies are working really well. I've tried to watch like Dangerous Game and some of the like more serious dramas. And I don't know, they're not really speaking to me personally, but I've watched the uh, dummy. Uh, there's another one. I think it's called Flipped with Will Arnett. Uh, that's pretty hilarious. It's like a funnier die series. Um, but yeah, I, just to be clear, we aren't sponsored by Quibi or anything like that. But. Not yet, but if you guys all, you know, go <laughs> sign up and uh, I don't know how that works. No, we're, <laughs> but it, it does sound, it sounds interesting. You've been telling me a lot about it and I like to share uh, some of these things about that we know with, with our fellow MFers. Maybe they'll, they'll find it interesting. Yeah. If you want to look at something a little different, uh, Quibi is, uh, it's a mobile only platform. So you have to download it on your phone. And I think, I think for the whole month of April, when you sign up, you get 90 days for free. So if you're just passively interested, you might give it a download and give it a chance. Awesome. And uh, let us know what you think about that and everything else that we've talked about today. What are your opinions on spoilers? What are some spoilers that maybe weren't so great that you ran into? Or do you have any fun spoiler stories? You can let us know and maybe we'll share some of that here on our next podcast. Matt, how do they uh, how do they let us know things? If you've got any feedback, if you've got any questions, any suggestions for future episodes, you can find us at facebook.com slash moviefixers. You can also email us at Matt and Tony moviefixers at gmail.com. That's Matt with two T's and Tony moviefixers at gmail.com. All right, Tone, that's it for this week's episode of Movie Fixers. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all the listeners. Uh, thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you next time on another episode of Movie Fixers. Bye.